Welcome, everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. And depending on how you are uh, partaking of this podcast, you may be seeing us in a video. Um, we are video recording this for the first time. So thank you for your patience and grace in the ways in which we maybe don't do this right, but it's our first crack at it. So we're going to give it a shot. Paul Anderson, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You're looking good tonight or today. Thanks. Yeah, this is yeah. Nate Johnstone, and we, uh, it was a really weird day weather-wise. It was like rain and then sun and then hail. We got a little hail here. I don't know if you did there. No hail. Um, so I wasn't outside much, but enough to get my cheeks red, as I'm seeing now in my camera. So spring, uh, spring sun, easier to get a little bit of, a little bit of sunburn. Yeah, I did not go to Taurus's because of the threat of rain. And then I could have been there. We got so precious little. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny this time of year, especially in Minnesota, where we're recording. If you don't like the weather, just wait a minute. And that was very true today. So I don't know when you're listening or watching this, folks, but we are currently in lockdown, officially shelter in place for the coronavirus. And it's been going on for weeks now and looks to be going on for weeks yet. We're not sure exactly when, but that is the situation. So we are in different locations, Paul and I, and a lot of things have changed in the last number of weeks, Paul, don't you think? Absolutely. Whoever whoever thought of Zoom, they're winning big these oh, days. Yeah, I haven't checked the stock prices, but I imagine they're up quite a bit. Um, so our, uh, we're homeschooling the kids now because the schools are closed, and they use an app called Seesaw, which I imagine has gone from you know tens of thousands to millions. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's been pretty stable, so that's good. Homeschooling the kids has been a real challenge. Uh, there's a lot of challenges right now, Paul. There are many, a many. lot of challenges, and we're going to talk more about that as we go on the next few weeks, because we want to address this situation, this crisis that uh, we're not sure how long it'll go on or how often it may repeat in the near future. Um, but it's a very strange situation for our modern life in 2020. Now, I've heard stories like my wife's grandfather talks about how when he was in his first parish, he was a pastor. He was in his first parish in Ladysmith, Wisconsin. And it was actually a two-point parish. I can't remember where the other, Sun Valley maybe. Um, old two-point parish. And every spring, they would pray for peace because they knew that probably one of the kids in the church would die from polio. Because every spring, polio came out every single spring and a lot of kids got sick and some kids got very sick they were in iron lungs or they ended up in wheelchairs for life like uh, our president uh, roosevelt did and some died and just about every spring they lost a child in one of those congregations to polio and so back then closing schools for a month uh to keep people from getting the virus and stuff like that that happened every single year that was a fairly normal thing. Um, and back before vaccines, like the polio vaccine, that happened in a lot of places for a lot of things and not just polio, smallpox, measles, meningitis, you know, who knows how many other things 
were around back then. I don't, I haven't researched it, but um, before those vaccines came around, uh, things like what is happening here now used to happen pretty regularly, but not on this scale. This is a national scale. So that's pretty strange, pretty mm -hmm. unprecedented, I would say. I can't think of a time where it's happened like this since the Spanish flu a century ago. So it's, it's a unique point in history that we're always going to remember. I mean, people are going to ask me, ask my kids, what did you do back in 2020? I hope they do because I hope it's done in 2020 and that was it. And it was a one-time thing and it was just mm. a historical curiosity someday in the future and not a new normal, um, but time will tell. Um, and what I wanted to primarily talk about today was how to live in peace during these times. Great subject, Nate. Thank you. And it's, you know, this is applicable to any difficulty and stress and we'll get to all of that. But especially right now, People are feeling it. I, I read an article yesterday that the majority of Americans, based on a survey, this was done by a psych psychology um, periodical, and they said the majority of Americans they had polled were experiencing what this author uh, referred to as extreme anxiety. So most Americans, extreme anxiety. That's extreme anxiety is not a good thing. None of us, none of us want that. Um, and many Americans are experiencing other symptoms as well, like vivid dreams. That's really common right now, very vivid dreams. Even for people who don't normally have vivid dreams, um, there is a lot of fatigue, which comes from largely stress and the hormones that stress produces on your body, but also not getting enough sleep because you're so stressed. Um, so all this stress, all this anxiety is having a lot of physical consequences, mental consequences, emotional consequences, and spiritual consequences as well. So it's, it's really touching every area of our lives. And so this is a big deal. And I wanted to talk about what as Christians we can do to mitigate all of that, because we can, we absolutely can for ourselves. And then we can teach our families how to do it, our kids how to do it. I'm hoping to teach my kids well enough how to live in the peace of Christ that when they're adults, it comes naturally for them. That's my hope. Because I didn't learn this until adulthood myself. And I would consider myself not an expert, but a, uh, I don't know what the right word would be. Um, I'm pretty good at this stuff we're going to talk about today, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, pretty good, not perfect by any means. And myself, even though I'm, I would say, pretty good at this, it's been a rough few weeks. Mm. Mm. And I, I myself, that. yeah, I myself have found myself having to really take some time out and, uh, and we're going to talk about all that as we go along. But it's been rough, even for somebody who's very experienced in saying no to all the stress of the world and saying yes to the peace of Christ. It's still been very difficult. Partially, I think, because things are so unusual right now. Things are so different. All yeah. schedules are gone. <laughs> all, all normal patterns of life have been tossed out the window for the time being. Um, I'm homeschooling three kids right now. I've never had to do that, and I never would have volunteered for that job. Um, and it turns out it's pretty much a full-time job and not my favorite. Um, you're gonna I, I told Sarah thankful. after, go ahead. You're going to be very thankful for Sarah and, and uh, other people who have been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I really am. I really am. And 
I, I have a newfound appreciation for the kids' teachers um, and their patients. Oh, what the teachers have to go through these days. Yeah. I've talked to crazy. a few of them. Uh, I talked to Laura today oh, about good. what her experience is with teaching. And it's uh, it's the time squared, you know, because of all that they're having to do at home. Mm-hmm. I do, I would say that I look forward to this because I read your notes and they are very good notes. And for you to write that, you have some understanding of peace and how to apprehend it. So I think it's going to be a good session or combination of sessions on this subject. I look forward to it, frankly. Good. And so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go through what I've prepared and Paul, please jump in. I might ask yeah. you questions here and there yeah. as well. Um, I've spent a lot of time studying this, and this is something I've taught now for probably 10 years, which doesn't, doesn't mean I'm right, <laughs> but uh, I do have uh, some experience in teaching this. And what's interesting is I find that every time I teach it, actually, I either think of something new or come across a, something new, or someone will bring up an issue or a problem that then I have to be like, hmm, interesting. How do, how do you deal with that? What does that mean? What does that Bible passage have to do with this? Um, so it's fun. I enjoy that. I love that because um, this is what I was created to do. And so when I do, when I teach, uh, I feel good. So I'm excited. Hopefully you're excited too. If you haven't stopped the uh, video or podcast yet, you probably are. So we're going to be talking about the fact that, and this is going to sound like an extreme statement, a Christian never has to experience the negative effects of stress, anxiety, worry, fear, ever. You never have to experience the negative effects of all those things. That sounds very strange, but I absolutely believe it. I say amen to that. And thank you. This coming to this conclusion took a little while for me. And when I finally saw it, because this is clear in the Bible, it's clear in the Bible that we're not meant to experience the negative effects of stress, anxiety, worry, fear. I'm lumping all those in the same category here. And mm -hmm. I'm, so if I just say stress or just say anxiety um, or just say fear, even like, I mean all of those, because I think they're all the same mechanism. They're all located on the same gene or in the same part of the brain, whatever, however you want to look at it, they pull on the same strings in our emotions and therefore in our brain chemistry as well. And I couldn't get away from what the Bible says about this stuff, which is that mm -hmm. don't do it. Mm -hmm. God expects us not to do it. And we're gonna look at some of these verses. Don't be anxious about anything. I was just thinking of that one. Have no anxiety about anything, said Jesus. And you say, whoa, why could he say that? How could he say that? It's audacious. But he has a right to say it. He has a right to say it. And Jesus himself did not experience stress or worry or anxiety or fear, the negative consequences of those. Those things still happened in his life. They will happen in all of our lives. And we're going to talk about the mechanism of this. But just because things are happening around us or to us doesn't mean we have to say yes to what those circumstances offer to our heart. We can say no to the stress, even in a stressful situation. So even right now in shelter in place or in lockdown, you're not allowed to work or you have to homeschool or whatever's going on right now in your life, that's a lot of stress. It's a lot going on, but you don't have to take in any of that negative stuff, see? Because all those things exist externally. They're all out here. They're out here pushing in 
on you. And you can say, I won't let you in. You can't stop the things from happening. I wish I could. I wish I could say coronavirus, be gone. I've prayed that. It hasn't happened yet. Okay. I'll keep praying it because why not? Jesus says, be persistent in prayer. So I'm going to keep praying against it. Um, but until then, what I can do for myself is to guard my own heart. And that's, I believe in Proverbs, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. And so that is our job. We are not passive beings in this world. Jesus makes it clear over and over again, and so does Paul later on, that we are meant to be very active in our spirituality. It's a partnership. It's a dance between us and the Holy Spirit. And one of our jobs is to guard our own heart. And that means we don't let things into our heart that shouldn't be there. And so things might press in from the outside, but we can say, no, I'm not letting you in. I'm not taking that stuff. And we're going to go more in depth into that. In a and then it's interesting to me that as you describe that now to me, you are doing the same thing with stress, anxiety, fear that I have done with discouragement. Mm -hmm. I locked the door. And sometimes I did it so that I, I actually physically put my hand up and turned the knob to lock the door to discouragement. And what you were saying is exactly the same, that we simply don't let it in so that it impacts our life. It can come in from the outside, and yet we don't have to say yes to anxiety. That's powerful. It is powerful. And I absolutely agree with you, Paul. I think this is the same mechanism and we'll get into the mechanism. Um, we have done a podcast series on discouragement and saying no, as Paul was saying. So check those out. They're excellent. And it's a message that Paul gives a lot. And I have absolutely stolen <laughs> um, and will give whenever he's not around. Um, but it's powerful. And I honestly haven't heard it from anybody else. So I think it's really important. But the mechanism of saying no to discouragement, I think, is the same as saying no to stress and anxiety and worry and fear. And I think it's very similar to saying no to anger. Um, with anger, I think you had to add another component, which is love. But the main components, the main components here are the, the uh, spiritual gifts of peace, the fruits of the spirit of peace and self-control. And if we can learn to grow and cultivate the spiritual gifts, fruits of the spirit. I think they're both their gifts and their fruits. Um, if we can learn to cultivate that peace and self-control, we can get good at living a stress-free life. And we can actually make it to a point of living an anxiety-free life. We can be like David in Psalm 23. Everybody loves Psalm 23. Even non-Christians will say it's their favorite Bible passage, which is very <laughs> interesting. Non-Christians ask for it at funerals because it sounds so comforting. It's if you actually know what's going on in the passage, it could be less comforting because he says, you set a table before me. David's talking to the Lord. You set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hmm. And what that means, if you look into the language, is in the presence of my enemies, I am surrounded by enemies. And when David says enemies, we know what he's talking about because we've read the Bible, right? He's talking about people trying to kill him. I don't know which people it was at this particular time during that psalm, probably the Philistines, but it could have been any, any number of people. It could have even been Israel. It could have been Saul at that point. And so he was surrounded by people actively trying to murder him. Does that sound stressful? Hmm. What do you think? <laughs> With I, that, I, yes. I've never been surrounded by people who wanted to murder me. Uh, thank God. 
I hope I never am. But I would imagine that it would be a cause for alarm mm -hmm. and fear and worry and anxiety and, and stress. But just because a situation might say you should be stressed, just like a situation might say you should be discouraged, you can say no to that still. That's within your power. And that's the self-control piece. So David is surrounded by enemies, people trying to murder him. And what does he say happens in that time? God sets a table before him. So he is literally surrounded by an army trying to kill him. And what does God do? God sets up a table and they chill out and have lunch together. Can you imagine ignoring armies? Ignoring soldiers banging on shields and screaming and cursing your God and cursing your family and your name and all that kind of stuff. And you are literally chilling out with God having lunch. And the way the Hebrews would eat is they would recline on one arm and kind of lay down on their side. And that was the normal way to have a long meal with someone. And so David and God are literally laying down and chilling out on the battlefield surrounded by enemies. That is, to me, one of the best biblical pictures. It's such a wonderful, wonderful image, which is why everybody loves Psalm 23, of peace. The kind of peace that we're talking about. Living in the peace of Christ means even in the midst of the most insane stuff happening around us, we can actually be at peace. We can just chill out with God. We can recline with him and fellowship over a meal or over something else, even when there are people actively trying to murder us. And that's, you know, that's level 10 <laughs> peace, right? And we, we want to try to get up to level one at least. But that is where we can end up. That's where Jesus obviously was. Mm -hmm. If you look at him on the cross, pretty stressful, right? What is he doing? He's thinking of other people. He's not even thinking of himself. One of the indicators that we're allowing ourselves to be anxious or stressed is that we start getting very selfish and things start being about us. Um, and Jesus is not that way on the cross. He's forgiving people who are actively murdering him. And he's saying, oh, I got to make sure my mom's taken care of. And that's, that's Jesus on the cross. And that's who we want to be and emulate. And so he, he really embodies this peace. And Jesus says, my peace, I give you. Yeah. Not just, I give you the gift of peace because I have it too and it's really neat. No, he says, my peace, the same exact peace that I have, I give to you. And how powerful was Jesus's peace? Well, we see it on the cross, but we see it against a storm. Jesus falls asleep in a boat during a thunderstorm. You have to be pretty peaceful to be able to fall asleep or really tired. <laughs> and he had been doing ministry all day in the desert, so it might have just been fatigue. I don't know. Um, but he was sleeping, sleeping like a baby, which is weird. If you've ever had a baby, they don't always sleep well, but he's, he's sleeping like a baby in the boat. And the disciples are scared to death. They're positive they're going to die. They wake him up and they're like, don't you even care? Which is very interesting. When you allow yourself to get anxious or worried, you start to question the goodness of God. And this is something we might come back to later, but this happens all the time. And so if you find yourself questioning the goodness of God, that's an alarm that you've allowed something to come in to your heart that you should not have and you need to get it out. You need to deal with it because the goodness of God shouldn't be questioned, right? Um, so they start to question if Jesus even cares, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jesus gets up and he's annoyed that they have no faith and are letting themselves get bent on a shape over a storm. Now, I just had a storm here today and it blew chairs around on my deck. It knocked my swing over. It was a fairly violent storm, short-lived, but violent. Um, 
I don't blame the disciples for getting scared <laughs> during that storm, right? That sounds scary. I don't want to yeah. drown. That, that's a, I, as a kid, I used to fear drowning. Um, and Jesus is like, you, you shouldn't have been afraid. It wasn't necessary. And so he just looks at the storm and he says, peace, be still. That's all he says. It's not a long prayer. doesn't quote scripture. He just pushes his peace, the peace of Christ that lives in him through the Holy Spirit. He just shoves that out of the storm and commands it to be still. He has so much peace. He forces even the weather to become peaceful in his presence. <laughs> that is a lot of peace. Okay. Yeah. And that is Jesus's peace. And he says, my peace, I give to you. Mm. My peace, I leave with you. I'm leaving it here on earth. Then the Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. Everything's going to get even better. But for now, I leave my peace with you. So you and I, if we are Christians, if we are adopted by Christ, we've been placed in Christ, the Holy Spirit is in us, we have that gift of peace. We have the peace of Christ. It is ours for the using. But I like to think of it as it's sort of like in seed form. He gives it to us in seed form. We all have access to it, but we have to cultivate it. And that's what all the fruits of the spirit are like. We need to cultivate them. God planted them for us, but we need to tend to them, water them, pull out the weeds, all the other farming metaphors that the Bible uses, right? Mm -hmm. And that is the problem because most of us don't do that. So we have the peace of Christ, but we, we don't, it just sits on the shelf. We never use it. We, instead we go, woe is me. Life is so hard. Things are so difficult. Why me? Why me? Save me. Rescue me, God. And God's like, yeah, I'm sorry, but I've already given you all the tools you need to deal with this, actually. And that's not the answer we want, but it is the answer we need. And uh, we should probably wrap it up here. But next time I'm going to get into the negative effects of stress, how bad it really is for us, and why it is that Jesus is willing to take that from us so that we don't have to experience the negative effects from this stuff. Because he really does. He wants us to walk in his peace instead of walking in stress and being all bent out of shape all the time. I am being blessed. I, I uh, really am. I like what you have said. You're on a roll. I'm disappointed that you're stopping now, but I, I guess we can pick it up uh, next time around. But thank you for studying this and applying it to your life in such a way that uh, it seems easy for you to teach this and to illustrate it and bring it home. Thank you. And, you know, it kind of is because really everything I'm sharing is basically a testimony. Yeah. Like I have experienced all this stuff. Sure you have. To the point where. You know, I saw the biblical evidence that we aren't supposed to experience the negative effects of stress. We're not supposed to be anxious. How audacious. Don't be anxious about anything. Who are you to tell me that? I'm God to tell you that. Okay. So either God's asking us to do something impossible, which doesn't seem like it's in his character, or he's asking us to do something that is possible if we rely on him. If we rely I was on the Holy Spirit. about some of his commands and I said to myself, with regard to some that you've mentioned in mm -hmm. this teaching, well, but that's impossible. 
And then I thought of all of his commands, pray without ceasing, rejoice at, at all times, in every circumstance rejoice. And I said, they're all difficult, they're all impossible in our own strength. Yes. But that's where we trust in the Lord to do it in us by mm -hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit, Romans 8, that the law is fulfilled in us, not by us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So that's the good news. When we talk about this, it can sound unreasonable. Yeah, you can absolutely. say, no, he he learned it. It took him 20 years. He learned it. But I don't know if I can learn it that quickly. This is going to take a long time. And I say, no, it doesn't have to. Agreed. That you can receive from us our example, our, uh, our what we have learned from this scripture, as I learned about discouragement and shared it with you mm -hmm. and with other pastors. And Steve per uh, Perkins at first, he said, I don't get it. A couple months later, he said, I get it. And now he's living it. And now he's teaching it to his people, too. Yes, preaching it. I listened to one of his sermons. I said, Steve, you did better than I did. <laughs> really, he imbibed it. He, he took it in. So I'm thrilled, Nate, with what you're sharing. I did not know. I, I'm, I missed a sermon that you gave at Lydia House on this. And so I'm really thankful that this is so real, so practical for God's people to learn this. So you said- Particularly right now, I think. Let, let me pray yeah. and let's do round two. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have uh, schooled Nate uh, to, to take in your peace so that he does not give in to the stresses of life so that they don't throw his peace off. And I pray that our listeners will be willing to believe that you are able to do it in their life at, at, as well. At work, at home, the stresses that come to them in their home, in their marriage, with relatives, with that neighbor who is uh, hard to get along with that you will allow them to learn these lessons in such a way that they will live in peace and have no anxiety about anything. Mm -hmm. In the, the words of Jesus and in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Tune in next week for part two. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.